Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. And to add to that, we've got our hands on the quality Weed Whacker nose and ear trimmer. So we're well on our way towards looking as well-groomed as West Ham do under David Moyes. Clean, tidy, and looking absolutely fantastic on weekends. Jonesy, we got our hands on the performance package from Manscaped, which has got loads of absolutely quality bits of kit in it. Uh, And I think you've got yours there. Yeah, so... I've got the performance package here. They even throw in a free toiletry bag as well, which uh, can't go wrong with that. So first up, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, a lovely bit of kit. Where's the camera? There it is. Turn it on. You've got a little light for your dark spots, just in case uh, you can't see certain bits. Uh, very, Not very helpful. Easy, is it? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's got um, that's waterproof. It's uh, it, you know it's it's very very nice on your skin. So well worth. I go on that I one vouch for that personally as well, 100%. Jonesy. That's a very good bit of kit for the job. Me too. Weed whacker. When you're getting old, a little bit like me, um, you get hairs popping up in places you don't really want them, and they're they're very persistent. They keep coming back. So this does the job for that. I actually found one out my ear the other day, Jonesy, and I'm yeah. not even 31 yet. It's not ideal. I'm I'm 34 and a half, and it's it's a struggle, mate. It's a struggle. <laughs> so uh, this is this stays close to me. Um, in the mornings, times. yeah, particularly <laughs> in the mornings when in the bathroom, just in case I find anything. But the, the the good stuff in here actually is pretty good. We've got we've got crop reviver. Uh, okay. That is refreshing ball toner. Just keeps things nice and soft after you've uh, you, you've done all your grooming. Uh, and then you've got your ball deodorant. Keeps things smelling lovely. Just in case you need it to smell lovely. So yeah, really really good. Which always here. helps, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, you don't. You want it to smell nice, didn't you? So exactly um, that. All really, really good. Pocket inside the, the bag as well. You even get some mats to to keep things clean and tidy when you're when you're doing your grooming. So all in all, in all, the performance package gets a massive thumbs up. It's a super bit of kit and well, well worth it. Happy days. Well, we've all been there, Jonesy, haven't we? We're six weeks out from Christmas at the moment, and we've all spent time wondering what to get for our dads, uncles, brothers, granddads, cousins, uh, when you just have not got a clue what to buy the blokes in your life. So we would definitely recommend, lads, joining the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code MASSIVE at manscaped.com that's massive as in west ham are massive at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping you wouldn't stick a goalkeeper up front if you were a manager so why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming regime trust us you won't regret it hi this is tony cotty and you're listening to the we are west ham podcast
You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. West Ham flying high in the Premier League, 10th place, top half, European football once again. Here we flipping come. Uh, Absolutely skyrocketed from 17th relegation threatened hammers. Uh, skipped the most places ever been skipped with one 2-0 win in the history of the Premier League, I think. Uh, going from 17th to 10th just shows you how tight it is down the bottom of the Premier League. But that 2-0 win against Bournemouth, it wasn't really pretty, but it's three points, which is exactly what uh, we needed, West Ham needed, David Moyes needed, all the players needed. Uh, probably not what former West Ham midfielder Gary O'Neill needed as he tries to keep his job. Uh, however, it came off the back of a performance at Anfield. Uh, James Jones is already labouring under the delusion that it was a really good performance and deserves praise. I, on the other hand, uh, am one of those weird football fans that thinks the sport is about scoring goals and getting points. Uh, James Jones, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant to have you back. Um, We'll do we'll do a bit of a bit of a brief overview of your uh, of your week first before we get into personal stuff. What are your sort of thoughts? How are you feeling? We said last week, I think that four points would be an absolute dream, but realistically, as long as we get three, that's okay. We have come away with three. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, mate. Um, I'm going to call you out on what you just said there already. Like, <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, of course, football is all about scoring goals and winning points. Hmm. But you could, acknowledge good, Anfield. you could acknowledge a good performance when you see one, regardless of whether you win or not, especially when it's against a side like Liverpool. I know they're not in good form. Struggling Liverpool, who were... Yeah, yeah, yeah a, a ground that we haven't won once in like 60 years. <laughs> like, let's just chill out a little bit, mate. Let's just chill out a little bit. <laughs> Right. I thought it was a very good performance. I know we'll get, to get into it in a little bit. Very more. good. Is Do you it, know what those words mean? Particularly in the second half, I thought it was a very, very good performance. Very, um, very. He's added another very. Yeah, I've added another very. <laughs> it's getting um, better. We, it, it was our fault that we didn't come away with anything. I thought we, we wasted a number of chances. Um, yeah. Particularly in the first half, twice, Addison kicks the ball out straight at Declan Rice and we failed to even get a shot on goal on both of those. Um, which is very frustrating. Right. But the second half, I thought I thought we played well, and we were we. If we'd have drawn that game, I think I think no one could have had any complaints at all. No, no, I, I I'm confused because you start you said you said three verys so far. Yeah, you said very good performance, then added another one, such as your conviction, and then you went very very good performance. Yeah, and then within a heartbeat. You then proceeded to list a load of the frustrating, really annoying things that we did, yeah. also known as poor football, uh, which I'm frustrated about, which led to us not getting a result no, or think... even even a point. You say we haven't won there for 60 years. A draw is also allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, in between those, the, the inability to put the ball in the back of the net. I <laughs> I thought we played some good football, especially in the second half. I thought, I thought we played well. I, I did, Liverpool rarely looked like smashing five or six past us, in this, particularly in the second half, which they're so used to doing, by the way. Um, I just thought, We beat I, them last season. I thought it was not at Anfield. We didn't. No, but um, we did beat them. I just think that when you compare it to other performances earlier on in the season in particular, and performances gone by at Anfield over the last 60 years... Um, I thought it was up there as a as a vast improvement on right. Well, that's different, and and a good performance. And I'm nah. I'm pretty vast sure, improvement from I'm really crap. Sure, I'm pretty sure a lot a lot of our listeners will agree. But I, so, are you telling me? I just came away from that just annoyed. Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was. Oh, I suppose I wasn't annoyed. Just I was frustrated fr- and annoyed. I was, I was frustrated, but I was also encouraged by the performance. But I was frustrated with the finishing. But the performance was good. Well, but the thing is, we, we finishing had... is part of a performance. Like finishing is part is, of being yeah. good at football. Scoring yeah. goals is part yeah, of being good at football. Still, you could still have an overall good performance, but then, like, I mean, you know, you could have a really good day at work, but one thing might might go wrong. But you can still look back and go, oh, it, was a, it was a pretty good day. It was a, it was a very good day at work, so say. <laughs> um, but oh, I, I, that that thing I need to improve on next time. I need to improve on that next time. 
because that, okay. that's being a very, <laughs> no, no, very, no. very good day. You know what I mean? No, I do. I do know what you mean. But if you're if your sole purpose at work, for example, if you're a bin man or woman, um, refuse removal expert, um, then your sole purpose, right, when you go to work every day, is to empty the rubbish out. If when you go to work, you like fill out a load of forms in really well, drive the lorry superbly uh, down the road, but on the way, don't empty any of the rubbish from the bins into the back of the lorry. No one's giving you a pat on the back, are they? Going, ah, oh, honestly, mate, the way you the way you indicated at that roundabout then and put the old <laughs> sirens on when you're driving slowly down the road, <laughs> holding up all the traffic. Just when the bin men have sirens. No, they have the little orange lights, don't they, in case they have to reverse. Is that a siren or just a light? Yeah, yeah, no, the beep, 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 oh, right. beep. The, the reversing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. siren. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm telling you, if all the other stuff around, like uh, the ultimate purpose of emptying the rubbish into the back of the lorry is done really well, but at the end of the shift, everyone down Acacia Avenue has still got full up black bins full of weak old food and wrappers and whatever. No one's no one's giving anyone any applause. They're getting onto the council, going, "What are you doing? Dock their wages. The job hasn't been done." That is exactly what happened to us at Anfield. I, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know, I we know drove the lorry saying. well, didn't empty any rubbish into the back of the proverbial West Ham lorry. And I, I know what you're saying, but I thought I thought the overall performance was good, apart from the finishing. We played well. The build-up play was good. We defended well. <laughs> That's like wheeling the wheelie bins up to the back of the lorry, just yeah, about you, to just about can, to pull them in, and then you and drive off. And you you can graciously wheel a wheelie bin up to uh, up to a, a bin lorry, and someone might go, oh, "Cool, you did that well." <laughs> Shame you didn't actually empty the bin, but you did that well. <laughs> you just left the bin in the middle of the road, full up. Well, yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be listeners that will go, "Yeah, no, James is right." There'll be listeners also, probably not as many. Going, going, yeah, Will's got a point as well. But, but yeah, obviously, Jared Bowen missing a penalty in the second half wasn't ideal. Um, uh, cost us, but yeah, we had eight shots in goal at Anfield. Only one team this season has gone to Anfield and had more shots, and that's Man City. Mm. So we had enough chances to take something away from the game. You have to play well to create chances at Anfield because Man it's City Anfield. Lost, Man City lost there as well, didn't they? Yeah, but Man City, Was, Man City. Got a squad like, I don't know, just like cost what like the equivalent of like the economy of like ten countries, right? I don't even know why I said that, but yeah. it's the economy of one country, to be fair. But maybe, yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah. So yeah, you'd expect them to have had like eighteen shots on goal at Anfield, right? Um, this, this is this we had, is we, we this... had eight. We had eight. We had right. eight. You have to play well to create to have chances at Anfield, yeah. You, okay. you do, and unfortunately, we played well up to the point where we didn't actually convert those chances. Right, Bright, Bright, Brighton and Hove Albion scored three goals at Anfield this yeah, season. Yeah, they had, had six shots. Cr- Crystal thumped, Palace thumped got three. a draw there. Yeah, Crystal Palace got a draw there. Um, yeah. Fulham held Liverpool to a draw, uh, yeah. and the the mighty, uh, all conquering Nottingham Forest beat them. One we, nil uh, the weekend. Liverpool Anf- were there for the taking. Liverpool Anf- were there for the taking. No, no. Liverpool were there for the taking. They've been playing terribly this season. They weren't very good against West Ham. And we've only got ourselves to blame for not getting a point. All of this, ah, oh, it's a really difficult place to go. It wasn't at the moment. We should have Fair done enough. better. Fair enough. So, uh, uh, Bournemouth. So, how happy are you about Bournemouth? Because we won that game. So, we yeah. must have played incredibly well. Uh, because I don't um, think we did. Well, no, we played better than we did at Liverpool, for sure. Uh, because, no, I don't agree with that. Because we scored, we scored twice, had most of the ball. They didn't get a sniff, and they didn't. What? So what it is with football? So the <laughs> opposition, they didn't score any goals against us, uh, and we scored two against them. Yeah. So we All get right. three points, move up the table, and uh, <laughs> okay. Should, should we should we leave this to the to the actual reaction section? Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I think this has served yeah. as a superb intro. Although while we're on uh, bin men and bin lorries. Um, in the with the large amounts of rain we had over the couple of weeks, uh, one of the drains near our bins where we go and throw the rubbish out to uh, burst, and there was all um, open sewage all over the entrance to the bin shed um, in our block the other day. 
just a little side really, note. Really inconvenient. It was actually horrendous. Like, yeah. actually really, really terrible. Um, yeah, so just I know people like to hear a little bit of a, a glimpse into our glamorous lives that we lead <laughs> alongside our views on West Ham. Um, so there you go. Right, Jonesy, let's move on. Um, we'll look at, back to that Bournemouth game in more detail next. Jonesy, I, I didn't remind anyone. Um, I didn't do the housekeeping as usual. People know where they go, where you can go by now. Twitter at we are un, uh, we are underscore West Ham. You're at by James Jones. I'm at William Pugh underscore. We're on Facebook and YouTube. Search We Are West Ham podcast. Search We Are West Ham pod. On Instagram, you can buy us a coffee. You can buy us a pint, excuse me, and support the pod at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. You can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com. Thought I'd get through those quickly. So, James, West Ham United 2, Bournemouth nil at London Stadium on Monday night on Sky. Uh, not necessarily an all time Barclays classic that we will remember for the rest of our days, but a very, 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 very important three points in my opinion. And I know we were larking about at the beginning, but to be quite honest, yeah, it, it wasn't, I won't remember it forever. I think we were very sloppy going forward and we were fortunate in the fact that Bournemouth didn't offer anything until, you know, I mean, they, they perhaps ranked it up into third gear, like towards the end when they had nothing really left to lose and they just threw everything at us, but it still didn't look that scary. So uh, a much weaker Bournemouth team than I was expecting. Um, yeah, not a classic, but 2-0 clean sheet. I just sort of, it, it just felt really important. And I'm really glad we got that because the, I think the difference on that one result and in the narrative afterwards among fans in particular um, would have been terrible if, we, if we'd if we have lost or even drawn that game. But as it's not, we've got a, a very important win moved ourselves into the top half um and it's sort of sort of all smiles ish yeah i agree it was massive massive three points really um it was weird because it's particularly with like 15 minutes to go even before we we got the penalty um the guy standing next to me went you'd be forgiven for thinking that bournemouth were the team winning one nil at this stage because they weren't really trying to attack us like it was like hang on are we winning or are they winning because we're the only team that actually looked like they want to score a goal and we've, we've already got one mm. um yeah it was a little bit odd and i expected better from bournemouth given you know the performances they put in this season they've had some good results under gary o'neill um i just expected a tougher test um, and ditto, ditto, and it just kind of didn't really. Well, I mean, I know they lost their goalkeeper Neto and they lost Solanke as well to injury. Even before Solanke went off, he didn't really offer Mate. a great deal up front. They had um, about 45 people go down with injury, didn't yeah, they? I think, yeah, a couple of, I think their physio went down injured yeah, at one point. I saw a couple of their fans go down as well, <laughs> rolling tragic. their ankles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, tragic. It was, it was bad, but yeah, just expected better. But um, I thought we, we were okay. We kind of just kind of dealt with it. I know there are uh, there's some, a lot of controversy around particularly the first goal um, and you know some people think the penalty award was a little bit harsh but yeah we're a little bit fortunate on that front but probably should have done a little bit more to um, to see it off um, well before we, we sealed it in the, in the final minute with the penalty. Mate it felt like one of those games you know when you play like a championship side in the cup or a league one side maybe and I'm not saying Bournemouth were that bad. Well, they, I mean, they weren't good. But, you know, they, they were still like, obviously, Premier League side, whatever. But it just felt like one of those games where the the ease with which West Ham were winning the ball back and finding themselves in possession in Bournemouth's final third almost led to that, like, a little bit of a sloppy attitude in the final third because it was like, Oh, well, another chance is going to come along in five minutes. As they kept doing, to be fair, we kept getting the ball. They were like, well, they're offering nothing going forward, this team. So, mm. and it just, it almost breeds a bit of complacency. And I think, and when it was going forward, there's a sort of lacked a bit of sharpness or a bit of decisive decision-making or whatever. Um, decisive decision-making. Is there another way to... De decisiveness? Is it, no, is there another type of decision making? Isn't decision making in its very nature decisive? Uh, 
lazy decision making. Yeah. No, I suppose, yeah, all right, fair enough. Anyway, just a complete and unnecessary sidetrack. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, and it just felt like the players were just like, well, you know, it almost felt a bit training, like training sort of level. And yeah, it was just a bit annoying. You feel like if, if that Bournemouth team had turned up uh, at Manchester City, like it, it looked, that looked like the Bournemouth team that turned up to Liverpool and conceded nine. Because if you gave Liverpool Man City the amount of chances to be in the Bournemouth half with the ball like they gave to us uh, on Monday night, um, then yeah, you it's no wonder that they got absolutely battered. But um, let's talk about the contentious issues, Jonesy. Uh, first of all, the so the first goal, Kurt Zuma's header, uh, come from a corner, pinballing around. Uh, I'll be honest, I stayed so rooted to my spot. Uh, I literally didn't even stand up because I'm so used to when they pin ball around in the area like that, it was sort of towards the other end of the pitch to where I was sitting. Uh, so when they pin ball around in the area like that and then just about trickle over the line via players who are really close to the line, I go, well, they'll find a handball or an offside or a foul on a goalkeeper or a foul on a defender and all that. Which is a bit sad, doesn't say much about VR, but I was like, people around me were cheering. I was like, yeah, like just waiting. Like, here we go. Uh, obviously, brilliant to see it given. I've seen the replay since Philo Kera, uh trial or uh, trying out for Germany's beach volleyball team. Uh, I think in the build up, we have slightly different views on this, I think. But yeah, ultimately, uh, the ball comes in, it's pinballing around. Philo Kera has his arms crossed over sort of in his lap region. It clearly hits him on the arm. He appears to be turning his body, whether it's deliberately on purpose at the same time, which makes it look a bit more deliberate. Uh, your thoughts, please. Well, it happened right right, right down in front of us. So I definitely knew it wasn't offside. And at the time I was like, why are they chicken handball? Like we could quite clearly see there was no handball there. But obviously we were behind where Kara is. So we obviously couldn't see what was going on in front of him. Um, just watched back the replay properly this morning and I can see why some Bournemouth fans think he was playing volleyball, but I can also see why uh, Mike Dean um, as VAR uh, saw it as ac uh, accidental or not deliberate. Um, if the, the 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 footage of him from, from the front of him looks like the ball's just come down on his arm, he's keeping his arms close to his body. But the, the, the replay from behind him shows a body movement that suggests that he's kind of tried to use his body <clears throat> to try and force the ball away from him while using his arm. Um, so you, you, two different angles, potentially two different outcomes. Um, but when you've got that, it's like, well, does that make it a clear and obvious error when it's, it's still contentious as to whether it's deliberate or not? Is it a definite deliberate handball? No, because the hand is down by, you know, in front of him. Um so, yeah, I think that they probably made the right decision. I can see why Bournemouth fans, Gary O'Neill, Bournemouth players were upset that it, uh, it, it was given. Um, but I can see why they did give it. I'll be honest, mate. I mean, to me, it's one of those things. And I always ask myself, uh, does that make football better or worse? Whenever people go, oh, that, that, should, that wasn't a foul, that was a foul. Most people don't understand the laws of the game anyway. So they don't know whether it, it should have or shouldn't been like, 100% per the laws. Mm. But what I always ask myself is, does that being a foul make football better? Like Hugo Lloris on Callum Wilson the other day, right? If that, I'm glad that was given as a goal, not just because it was against Tottenham, because I think that makes football better. The goalie just, it was a 50-50. They ran into each other. The goalie throws himself to the floor, thinking he's going to get the protection he's often afforded. Wilson chips it in. Great goal. Glad it's due. Um... This is the this is the view, by the way, a friend of the show and former Premier League, friend of the podcast and former Premier League referee Mark Halsey, right? Uh, West Ham defender Kurt Zuma's opening goal was correctly awarded by uh, David Coote, the on-field ref, and then the VAR, Mike Dean, as you mentioned. The ball did hit the arm of uh, Thilo Kerr in the build-up, but he was not the scorer and his action was not deliberate as per Law 12 handling the ball. Kera had his eyes closed and his arm was in a natural position tucked in front of his body. The play continued and Zuma headed home for a good goal. Uh, Mike Dean automatically checked the goal and agreed that Kera's action was not deliberate, so Bournemouth can have no complaints. 
Um, and on the late one, uh, Jordan Zamura conceded a late penalty uh, when he made himself bigger and handled Vladimir Sufal's cross. We'll get onto that in a minute. Um, so I, I, I personally find it hard to believe that that was a deliberate by Kera because it looked mm-hmm. like he twisted. And I, I agree, his arms were down by his body and you, he didn't make his body bigger, which is one of the rules. But he, he appeared to me to have twisted and spiked it up. And so answer me these two questions, Jonesy. One, if that had happened against West Ham, what would your stance be? Uh, I'd have been annoyed. I think I'd have been yeah. annoyed. Furious. Um, yeah, I mean, not as furious as uh, some of the other decisions that have gone no, no. Gone our way early on the season. That's not I what I'm asking. I, I think I probably wouldn't have been furious. I'd have been like, okay, that's really annoying. We've seen those. We've seen those goals given. Okay, I'd have been furious. Secondly, then, do you think that being allowed to stand as a goal, regardless of whether it's deliberate laws or whatever, do you think that makes football better as a game? Um, Ignore the fact he had a claret and blue shirt on, because I know what your brain's <laughs> trying to tell you to do. No, I, it's a difficult one because. We don't know whether it was deliberate or not. If it's a deliberate yeah, handball, sorry, that's not what I thought. No, if it's a deliberate handball, then obviously not. It doesn't make football better. But if it's accidental handball, and the fact that his 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 arms are in front of him and not, it doesn't make himself bigger. Then, and he's not the goal scorer. Then <laughs> you've just read back the yeah. laws. That's not what I said. That action. Yeah. Do you think football is better for that being allowed to be a goal? Then yes. One? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. This is a, a podcast of a differing of opinions, not always differing. In this instance, completely differing because it's hit both of his hands, and it, <laughs> and then bounced up and uh, um, and and he's headed it in. So yeah, look, that, that that's that one anyway. But a bit of fortune. Uh, I do feel like finally the VAR stuff has, has balanced it out for for West Ham now, particularly after we got. That penalty at Anfield. I mean, the fact we didn't score it is one thing, but the fact we even were awarded it in the first place was was stunning. Um, do you have anything else to add before we move on to the second decision? Um, is it no, going to add anything to the? Not really. No, it's just uh, as I briefly mentioned before. Like it's it's good. It just feels nice that we're on the right end of these controversial decisions <laughs> for once. I mean, we've had a lot this this season, and we? we've spoken about it a lot. Um. And yeah, it just I've just seen some poor Bournemouth fans on Twitter going, oh, VAR's a disgrace. And I was like, I remember tweeting that about <laughs> I remember I know exactly how they feel. I know where I know where they're at. I know where they're at. Um and I feel sorry for them. But um it's it's gone our way this time and um We because, did also say this after the Fulham game, Jonesy. Yeah, but because I've had a moan a lot this season about VAR. Um, I'm going to side with Bournemouth and say that they should feel hard done by by that one goal. Per, super, that is exactly that is exactly what I want to hear from you, James. By that one because, goal, I, I can understand then, why they're feeling hard done by. Yeah, well, when you when you what's it called? Admit that your team was was on the end of a fortunate decision. That I think gives you the right to moan. Um, whereas I think um, perhaps, and you'll forgive me for saying this, I hope. Uh, you may have had a tendency in the past um, to, with any decision, just put claret and blue glasses on. No. no. <laughs> if it's for West Ham, then you're like, nah, I don't know what the opposition fans are moaning about. It's absolutely <laughs> totally fine decision when no, it's against I, us. I it, said that a conspiracy. <laughs> I said that after the Fulham game. They, I mean, they could they could have been annoyed about one goal, the Fulham fans, in that 3-1 win for us. And it was the third goal, the one that didn't really have to count. The one that Michael um, Antonio yeah, up with his hand yeah. then as well. Right? Like, that's the one goal. But like, even if they do rule that one out, we've still won. So I really don't know what they're moaning about. Like, chill out, guys. <laughs> um, but the others were fair enough. Fair play. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I, not if you ask Fulham fans, but yeah. No, obviously not. But um, but yeah, I, I, I can understand why Bournemouth fans have woken up this morning and they're they're not very they're not very happy. No, let's that no. One. right. Let's let's uh, move on. Then the 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 second one, Jonesy. Um, yeah, penalty. Yeah. Penalty. Yeah. Okay. Those sorts of decisions where the player's sliding in the bottom of the cross and it hits hits his arm, hmm. they're they're given like ninety nine percent of the time, especially yeah. if his arms up in the air. Obviously, he can't do anything about his arm being up in the air because he's using it to balance while he's sliding or whatever. Hmm. Um, but the ball hits the, it doesn't hit his hand. The cross goes into the box. 
he's in the area, it's a penalty. They're almost always given those. I'm, I rarely see those ruled out. Yeah, you know there was I mean? a bit so, of, but again, Mark, former Prem ref Mark Halsey saying he made himself bigger, so is a pen. The close proximity thing has been mentioned a couple of times for incidents like that that haven't been given in a couple of games. Does seem a little bit of inconsistency, but you know, look, we deserve to win the game, whatever happens. Um, yep. We might have been on the the right end of a couple of fortunate decisions. I would say those were like 60-40s that went in our favour, just like the Southampton referee one was. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, a little bit of luck that, that perhaps we deserved last night. Um, just a quick one, James. I'm going to spark. I normally, I normally I swerve this one because I can't be bothered with it. Um, but I'm anyone, anyone who watched that last night and is still in the Saeed Ben Rama is amazing and deserves to start every week club needs just no, just no. It was the most infuriating experience of my life. I'm not saying he's the worst player on the pitch, by the way. Ben Johnson had a stinker. Suchek, not good again. few important tackles late on, which kind of salvaged his performance a little bit. Flynn Downs, I thought, was good. Uh, Fabianski did what he had to do, as he always does. I thought Zuma was man of the match. Um, honestly, and I understand why. I've I've got it now. I know anyone who thinks Ben Rama's good, the reason they think he's good is because he gets into spaces and he does the hard bit really well, which is getting into positions. He plays one-twos. He's silky. His control's good. He finds space for himself where others may not. He, he makes tight little turns, which sell two or three players in difficult areas of the pitch. But the bit he does, do, he is outstanding, outstanding at wheeling the bin up to the back of the lorry. No, 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 no. But no, when wait, he gets wait, in the money-making wait, positions... Wait, he scored last night. He scored against Bournemouth. He, he did his job. He did his job. He, he did his job. He, he put that... I, knew, he, I was so he emptied with that, that bin in. in the bin lorry. He emptied the bin in the bin lorry. <laughs> Right, you can't. Have you seen my Twitter feed from last night? Did you see my tweet? I haven't, mate. I tweeted once last night. Right. And it was quote tweeting uh, West Ham's photo of Saeed Ben Rama. And all I put was, very good tonight. Oh, did you? Oh, God. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. I I thought he played well. I thought he played well. Mate. Honestly, I'm telling you, the amount of time he gets know, into really good positions, mate. He's, he's frustrating. He's, he's frustrating. He sailed so many crosses. He overhit so many crosses. He's shooting from areas where the whole crowd are going, shoot, but he's 30 yards out and they go over the bar and they go wide and people are clapping and going, oh. And I'm like, screw your heads on, everyone. <laughs> screw your heads on. He wears bright yellow boots and does a couple of step overs. He does one twos well and get he does the hard bit well, which is what makes him so much more frustrating. But you can't. He, it must have been because we sat at virtually opposite corners of the stadium last night and that you couldn't see all the shambles stuff that he was doing in front of me. And perhaps I couldn't see all the really good, good stuff he was doing in front of you. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, must yeah. be it because thought, I'm telling you, thought, my side of the stadium, he was terrible. I thought he played well. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a frustrating player. But I think we also should acknowledge that when he when he plays well, and I think against yes. Bournemouth, I thought he, one of his better games, he wasn't outstanding by any by any stretch. He wasn't outstanding. He wasn't the best power on the pitch. He wasn't the worst power on the pitch. I thought by... I agree with that. Side, side, by side Ben Rama's standard, uh, standards where it was... <laughs> But we're, we're so used to him being 90% frustrating, 10% good or bad, right? Was, I, I thought he was I thought he was just a lot better. He was a lot he better. He was a lot less... Used, you're just... No, but you're saying he was a lot less bad than usual, which is what you said with Anfield. Our, our, our views on this are different. You are willing to praise West Ham and Saeed Ben Rama for being less bad than usual. That is no. not good. That no, no, is no, no, not no. good. No, no, Anyone no. listening is going, yep. He's right. That is exactly Jonesy right there. No, you, you, you're twisting it. Twisting it. <laughs> that is what you said. That's, that's, like, that's like saying you, you could you could play really really well and win five nil, and you go, oh, you just you're, you're clapping us because we were we were less bad than winning six nil that that time before. Sorry, like that would be less good than winning six nil. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what oh, I mean. Right. I, I don't like. You can praise him for playing well, and I thought he played well. I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Why you're? I can't. I don't. I can't believe. Honestly, I'm. I'm actually a little bit uh, not disappointed. 
it's a shame that it's you because I, I really, really, really didn't want to. You know, you're the first person I've spoken to about it. Like my dad was like pulling his hair out and he hasn't got any anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, everyone like it was unanimous, like unanimous. Maybe it was a stadium side thing. Listen, mate, I just had to get that out there. And I know people will come at me two footed, which is why I normally avoid the debate. Because I find that it's going to be people that, have a blind spot a lot for this him. season. It's happened a lot this season where people are going to be coming at you. Um, <laughs> you know, you uh, watch his face on YouTube. Do you even watch the game, Pew? Early Elias. Well, I was literally, I, I was in the stadium. It was categorically undeniable that I watched the game last night. Perhaps it's better I don't because then I might think Sober and Ram was good. <laughs> anyway, James, come on. We've got to move through this. Uh, let's talk about the 1 0 defeat at Liverpool, and you can tell me why that loss was so spectacular. Next. Jones, uh, we've done it a little bit in the beginning. Jonesy, I meant. Um, done it a little bit in the beginning. <laughs> you told me. God, this is so needly this week. Um, it's like the old days, James. Love Sport Radio all over yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, you tell me then. Oh, I don't know if I've got the energy listen, to listen to listen. it. Listen, we've, we we've lost 1-0. Yeah, we've lost 1-0. I thought we played well, particularly in the second half. Oh, sorry, I thought we played very, very well particularly in the yeah. second half. Um, <laughs> but we squandered way too many chances. Uh, should have come away with something, but didn't. Um, I don't think losing the game can take away from a good performance, especially at Anfield against Liverpool, regardless of the form they're in. Oh, I don't care about any of that. Um, it, it, was, it, was an, <laughs> it was an opportunity. Fact. It was an opportunity for us um, and we didn't take it. But I thought we played well. Simple okay. as that. Simple yeah, as that. I think De- Deccan Rice in particular, best player on the pitch by a Yeah, got man of the match on the losing man team. Of the match. Doesn't have to yeah. open. He was outstanding. Just shows um, you how average Liverpool yeah. were as well, I suppose. Yeah, oh, he's the best, one of the best midfielders in the world, so you should expect <laughs> it even against someone like Liverpool. Well, um, world class going forward, apparently. Yeah, world class going forward. Um, but yeah, Ben Rama was frustrating in that game, particularly missing from six yards uh, with that volley. Straight at straight at Addison. Um mm. but yeah, I mean we, we should have taken something from it. We didn't, um, because our finishing was so poor, which has been the story of a lot of a lot of our season so far. Um but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't f- I was a little bit frustrated after the game. I wasn't angry as such. Um I was frustrated because we'd missed a penalty um and a couple of chances, but at the same time, we go into that fixture every single season knowing that it's 99% of the time we're going to lose that game. I was borderline. I didn't even want to turn it on. I was just annoyed the whole thing. I was so, like, this is going to be a waste of 90 minutes of my life. And at the end, it, I was like, but, that's a waste of 90 minutes of my life. You, I'm annoyed. That, that 90 minutes, nine I could times have been out doing of 10, loads of other stuff. That 90 minutes, nine times out of 10, every season is a waste for West Ham United. It has been for the last 60 years. It right? was this season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, but like we know it's going to be a waste regardless. Like it's going to be a waste because we're going to lose, like yeah. likely. Do you think so, it's more annoying losing in that fashion than it is like getting tonked 3 0? No, I genuinely think it is. I, 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 I thought we, I took I took positives from it. I thought it was encouraging that we played well. Like I, I genuinely, and I know I'm not the only one. I know oh, I'm, not I, the only one. I, I'm just despairing going, it, it almost made it more annoying because I'm like, it didn't have to be that way this year. Why? It didn't have to be, yeah. I Why understand can you that. not score from 12 yards? You're a professional football player. Yeah, I understand that. From the penalty um, spot. Why is James Milner tackling you when you're four yards away from goal and you've got an open goal to tap into effectively right at the end? What tackle though, to be The fair. bloke's 51. Um, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Jared Bowen, by the way, was never ever scoring that penalty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm screaming screaming at TV going, "Got to give that a penalty!" Even though it was a dubious penalty, I'm going, "Penalty is a penalty." Um, Gave it weirdly. um, Stunned that it gets given. Even though in the back of my mind, even though I'm calling for it to be given, in the back of my mind, I'm like, "That's no way that's given." (laughs) So I was so shocked that he did it. But um, yeah, as soon as he steps up, you know he's missing in front of the cup, don't you? Just hundred percent. Yeah, so he's going to miss this. You just know it. You could uh, just tell, couldn't you? His whole body language, it was he was yeah. so aware he was in front of the cop. And yeah. like the last couple he's hit have been really good. You could tell he was overthinking it. Virgil van Dijk scuffing up the penalty spot. I don't know what difference that makes. No. But yeah. I'm just like, 
just blast it down the middle, mate. Please blast it down the middle, please. And just easy height, opens your body up, proper readable, like world's easiest save. Just, yeah, oh, so predictable. Just yep. fuming with that game. Um, listen, mate, that's... Uh, that's almost a week ago now, so uh, long history. We did get told that we Robin Punter got onto me in the week on Twitter. Uh, I don't think I got back to you, Robin, so apologies for that. But he did get back to me, making a fair point, saying how much I've been banging the drum about streamlining the podcast this season, uh, which we have tried to do, to be fair. Uh, and the yeah. last last minute uh, week's episode, and I quote Robin, was a healthy two minute, two hours and nine minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, we look, we had two games to look back on, two games to look ahead to, which is what we've got this weekend. But the Liverpool one was was a week ago. I'm sure you've all digested it already. Um, but good to hear uh, the differing opinions from me and James Jones on that Liverpool game. Stay with us. Two games to look ahead to. Silkeborg. In the Conference League on Thursday night. We'll look ahead to that next before that game against Manchester United on Sunday. That's still to come before some final thoughts from me and Jonesy. Hi everyone, Will here. Just a little message to let you know we were let down a little bit late by our opposition view for Silkeborg. Well, not let down. Uh, he just had uh, alternative arrangements come up a little bit late. So we're going to do the same as we did the other week. I'm going to try and get that done on Wednesday morning, which means the podcast will already be out by the time I get that done. We're going to put it on our YouTube channel. Um, so head on over there. We're hoping that we've got that nailed down for Wednesday. So if you really want to see or listen to the opposition view for Silkeborg, get on over to our YouTube channel. Just search We Are West Ham Pod on YouTube for the Silkeborg opposition view. Very sorry, um, but hope you can forgive us. See you soon. So I'm delighted to say that joining us on the We Are West Ham podcast for the very first time is Talk Sports, Tony Afoki. Tony, it's great to have you on, mate. Absolutely superb retro Man United shirt there. Sharp, you tell me what year it is. Yeah, so this was, um, let me just get it in frame. This was uh, yeah. the 1990-2000 away kit. It was my dad's. Obviously, I'm a United fan. I'm actually closer to West Ham than I am. Yeah, of course, like most United yeah, fans, right? Like most United fans, but I do have an excuse. My dad is from Manchester, so he brought me up in uh, supporting United. And yeah, this was his top, and he yeah, just yeah. me as a kid, and I've had it ever since. Yeah, quality, mate. And 99, 2000, so like year after. Yeah, year the, after the treble. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but any name on the back? No, no, no name on the back. No, 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 retro, nice one. So the, I, th- I feel like, do you feel like as a United fan living in London? You have to have that story at the ready. You have to like quick draw, tell people that your dad grew up in Manchester before Literally. they start giving it to you both barrels. Literally, like um I even say it now to just there, talk support, everyone's like, Oh, who do you support? United. Yeah, by the way, my dad's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to play it to everyone, and especially like where I grew up, I'm from East London, so I grew up surrounded about surrounded by West Ham fans, right? And they all say, Oh, why do you support West Ham? And I'm like, My dad's from Manchester. Yeah. This is why I support United. I, I I literally had to bring proof one day for school, like <laughs> the passport, like where it says where you're born, right? So I had to bring the Manchester bit. So I was like, "Look, guys, my dad was born in Manchester. Like, it was it got that bad, but at least you're I have dishing, dishing out your old man's idea around school. Yeah, I literally had to. I was like, "Dad, can I take a picture of your passport?" <laughs> Uh, don't think so, son. Well, I'm doing it. This is, is worthwhile to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough, Tony. Um, you know, like almost to this extent that you start saying it the other way around, just telling people your dad was from Manchester before giving them context. Oh, yeah, I support United, by the way. But I can imagine that there is a pain in the backside. Growing up in Essex and now living in London, uh, I don't have that problem because literally everyone is a West Ham fan. Um, big game on Sunday. At Old Trafford, I feel like uh, obviously teams build themselves up to play against Manchester United, and lots of teams have got you know historic dislike of them or, or a desire to beat them. They're a big scalp, whatever. And I think what I quite enjoy about the West Ham's rivalry with Man United is it feels quite mutual. Not that we've you know had a history of of huge results against you or whatever. You know you've hammered us on the reg since I was. Um, you know, growing up in the 90s and, and well beyond that into the modern day, just used to 
uh, getting beaten by Man United. But we always seem to to give you a game, and it it feels like Man United fans enjoy the game against West, the games against West Ham as well, and and look forward to them, whether it's at Upton Park or uh, or Old Trafford and and now the London Stadium. They're rarely dull affairs every now and then there'll be a one-sided slapping from united but it feels like it's a it's somewhat of a two-way rivalry as much as it can be when there's historically been a huge gulf between the sides yeah 100 percent. like if you look back at the i can name a lot of west ham games where start of the season on my i think it was my 20th birthday we beat you 4-0 or uh tebe's keeping you up or yeah. that yeah free kick there's always something between a man united west ham game so i am looking forward to it and um yeah, and even you guys, you always give to see, you always give like you always want to give us a game, which I don't mm. like. I don't like, <laughs> I like more at Old, Old Trafford recently. Like you've been giving more of a go, but um, back in the day, like going to Upton Park was was not a fun was not a fun affair for us. I always thought West Ham we would always have to play because listen, you guys are a good team. I'm not sure you've had the best start of the seasons, but I feel like looking forward to this game. I think it's a big one for Man United fans. Yeah, is is that is that sort of more uh, at the moment? Like you're you're going into it in reasonable form. We beat you in the League Cup last season, one nil at Old Trafford. Our first victory in seventeen years, I think it was. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, yeah, I think it literally was our first victory in fifteen years. Sorry, um, since the the Carlos Tevez goal that you mentioned there in two thousand and seven, a historic game. Obviously, we've beaten you um, at at home since then but that that was a big result we are always yeah even last year in in the premier league we only lost one nil we were well and truly in the game definitely could have got something out of it going into it this time around tony united are unbeaten since october the second i think it is since that humbling uh by manchester city but eric ten hag just quietly just going about making a, a half decent team of you i know the cristiano ronaldo circus sort of dominates a lot of the questions which we'll get onto in a minute but are you reasonably pleased with where your team's at at the moment at the moment 100 percent. i felt um going into this season the only thing i wanted i didn't expect much from Man united because my childhood was great and now these past 10 years have just been depressing <laughs> so going into this game all, and recently, all I wanted was Ten Hag to kind of implement his style of football and just see Man United play this modern style of football. And in the past two games, because even when we beat Arsenal and beat Liverpool, we really, we really didn't dominate the game. We really didn't like get grab a hold of it. And all of our mm. wins, like Southampton away again, they could have had something to do with it. And Everton away. I think it was from Everton away, the first half where we completely dominated it. I was like, okay, I'm starting to see something then. And then Tottenham prime example we completely dominated the game for 90 minutes and mm. even the Chelsea game the first half we I felt like we completely dominated it like could well, you, you forced you know, Graham Potter into a system change didn't you because you were all over him exactly and that's the first time I've seen that at Stamford Bridge for a long time like all I all I wanted this season was Ten Hag to implement his style and I feel like he's already doing it only thing is um we're doing it without a striker now Ronaldo will probably be back I know he's been in training today so I'm guessing he will be back for Thursday's game against Sheriff and the game against you guys on Sunday but right now Man United are actually playing dare I say it Man United are actually playing well like I feel like this is a big test for us because against the big against the top six sides I feel like we've been up for it and we the heads are a good record against them but what I want from this season is these games. I don't want to call you guys a small club, but these games against teams like West Ham, like can can we go to West Ham and just make it, just get our three points and make it easy? Like the way that Arsenal were doing it, the way that City are doing it. So I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm really looking forward to see if we can keep this momentum and the way we've been playing at Old Trafford, the crowd behind us. Can we just make a meal, not make a meal of West Ham, but can we just make it an easier game? Like I don't want you guys to get into the game as much. So that's my main focus for the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Well, let's talk about Ronaldo because, I mean, it's almost annoying to have to, but mm. then you can't not talk about it. I personally, I just find the whole thing uh, quite sad, to be honest, the way it's going. But what, what's your take on, on the whole thing? Ten Hag's obviously doing what only ten, uh, what any manager can do really if he doesn't want him from a football side of things he's stamping his authority you can't be having players storming down the tunnel I understand that it just doesn't feel like a good fit to me at the moment but but what do you make of the whole thing 
I give credit to Ten Hag. I feel like he's managed this really well. And one thing I give another thing about Ten Hag is that all the players recently, when they've come out in interviews, he's they've always said like there's now a discipline at the club, which God knows I don't know what the managers were doing before, but I don't know. Ten Hag has come in and he's kind of made it like this is my way or the highway, which it should be with your manager, right? You should want to play for your manager. And the Ronaldo thing, as you said, like I'm bored of it now. It's annoying because I. I don't want to say that Ronaldo's finished. We literally, a couple months ago, we were relying on him and God knows where we would have been without his goals. So I doubt, I doubt that player is completely gone. I really doubt it, but he didn't hold himself in grace where he didn't have a pre-season. And with a new manager coming in, trying to press and do all of this new style of football, he said pre-season is key. And you had to be there. You wasn't in pre-season. So that's where he started. He's, he wasn't playing. He got the winner at Everton away, so it's not like there isn't a player out there. He's not in the best of form at the moment. But right now, we need a striker on because Martial has not played 90 minutes yet this season. He's finally back And he's Anthony Martial, frankly. I mean, exactly. He's not the striker that if where Man United want to be, he's not a top four he's striker, not. is he? Absolutely not. Not at all. And the thing is, during the summer, we all wanted him gone. But yeah. then he had a really good pre-season under Ten Hag and then we were all like, oh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. one, more, one more year one more year and he's barely played but the thing is since when he's played he's actually played really well like he has a I know for people that don't like stats he has a better goal to minute ratio than Harlan at the moment even though he hasn't played 90 minutes but still like he's not he playing, come on for 10 minutes <laughs> come on for 10 minutes get a couple goals and come off but he's not he's not starting and he can barely do 90 minutes so and Rashford is not a striker Rashford can't finish his dinner at the moment so we need to put Rashford on the left and it's annoying because we're, we're creating a lot of chances at the moment and we just don't have anyone to finish them. And if Ronaldo was fit and playing well, it, it just make, it just makes sense that he should be starting. Now, in regards to this whole thing, he's back in training. So I'm guessing that what Ten Hag said is that I want him to apologise to the squad and not just everyone. So I'm guessing he's come up, he's apologised to the squad, hence why he's back in training. And I feel like we'll look past this. And I just want... now. I, I doubt he goes in January. I don't think if we find him a suitor in... August, he's going to go in January. And Ten Hag says, like, because if he goes in January, we're going to need another striker. And Man United are not going to give up the funds to get another striker. Like, this mm. is, this, that's not how we run. So I, I doubt he goes in January. I wouldn't mind him going. For me as a fan, I'm tired of it. You can go. Be happy. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. From an outside point of view, I think he's like, perhaps the greatest player of all time. And it just doesn't. I know people go, oh, yeah, it's all about the team, but sometimes it isn't. You know, mm-hmm. like Man United will, of course, and already are, go down as one of the biggest football teams of, in history, undoubtedly. But Cristiano Ronaldo, genuinely, in my opinion, I know I can't also get bored of arguing about Ronaldo and Messi and all that sort of thing as well, but I genuinely think Ronaldo is the greatest player of all time. And I think with. With that, I, I don't think I honestly don't think he should be reduced to this like petty being part. I don't th- I, I don't think he should be you know like storming off the pitch and all that sort of thing. But I also think the club and everyone involved, including Ronaldo, should have let him for the last couple of years of his career. Kind of, I know it sounds silly, but kind of do what he likes really and go and play where he wants. And if he wants to go and play in the Champions League team where he's almost guaranteed to start just to you know to make sure he gets his goals and and makes those already eye-watering records look even better and even harder to beat in future because that's what he wants now that's what it's about I just find the you know he clearly wanted to leave in the summer uh, and it depends which who you believe as to why he why he didn't move on but uh, it just feels uncomfortable now like last season it just doesn't seem to work. Like Ten Hag clearly doesn't like him from a football perspective. And I think the thing is, Tony, you might disagree with me. Most football managers now, the managers don't want him because yeah. they find he doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily conducive to the high press game that you're talking about just then. But there's the commercial people that want it, that want him, isn't it? It's the, the people who like the celebrity and think about the amount of shirts they can sell and the social media content that's going to bang because of having Ronaldo in it. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just an uncomfortable situation. I don't really like to see him on the bench and getting, you know, made to train on his own and things like that. I just think it shouldn't mm-hmm. be like this for someone who's been the greatest player that most of us will ever see. 
No, I totally agree. I don't, no one likes seeing Ronaldo on the bench. It just doesn't look no, right. Even if exactly. Still, you still want to see him start, right? Yes. Yeah. The only the only thing is with the training with the under-23s and stuff like that, I feel like he brought that upon himself because he'd done that, him, and he wasn't the only one. So him, Diogo Dallo, and a couple other players left during half-time because like we made it was pre-season, you know, when you make a whole season. Yeah, Rayo Vallecano, wasn't it? Yeah, against Rayo Vallecano. And Ten Hag came out and said, don't do that again. Mm. So he let it slide, but he said, "Don't do that again." And then Ronaldo done it, so hence why that was yeah, yeah, I do get that, which yeah. I get. And listen, right now we don't have a striker, and I don't like. I would personally, I would rather play Ronaldo up front than Marcus Rashford because I know mm. Marcus Rashford has that ball in behind, but he can't finish. And Rashford, for someone that's been in the club for eight years and still doesn't have a hundred goals for Man United, I just <laughs> yeah, I need to see him in a just he's. His best position is the left. He literally came out the other day and said, I prefer playing on the left. Can we just play this guy in his best position for years to come so that he can get comfortable and just establish his name in the team? Because we just he, he's been moving everywhere, and I don't like that with players. Like, Man United just don't seem to play players in their best position for some dumb reason. So, mm-hmm. right now, we don't have a striker. Martial's barely fit. Just just play him. Like, I know you don't like it. And the thing is, he's going to play on Thursday. And I feel like if he gets a run of games in again, because... He'll get a run of game in eventually. If he gets a run of games in, I think he'll be fine. He'll be scoring again. I don't like this notion that he's completely gone and like he's not the player he once was. He was literally oh, saving us yeah. last year. And, that's, and, that, and that, was a, that was a poor Man United team. And this Man United team is better. So mm. when in like instead of him having to do everything in a team like a couple months ago, all he has to do is just finish. And I feel like right now we can do that. Fair enough, he won't give us the counter-pressing that uh, Rashford might give us. But that's just one player. I know you got a press of the team, but we 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 can accommodate for that until we get a striker. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. Right, so look at this game, uh, Tony, on Sunday. How do you see it playing out, sort of like style wise? What what are you expecting how the game to look like? Well, at first, I would be worried with you guys, but I've been seeing like West Ham haven't had the greatest of start. I, I, I'm not sure how true this tweet is, but I saw a tweet saying that like, you guys have spent 200 million and you and you're not really changed. Much, yeah, I don't think you spent 200 million. Though. No, it's not quite that. Obviously, like players let go as well. We did, did spend some some big money. Lucas Paquetas cost us in the region of 50 odd million quid. Gianluca Scamacca was 80 odd million. Um, you know, that might be over a period of, of a few years, but no, certainly not that in this window. But we did one, well, we did spend some money. Um, and, you know, the win against Bournemouth on Monday night moved us 10th, and we've been bedding seven or eight new players in uh you know in that time Thilo Kera uh has been playing at the at the back you've got um obviously Paqueta as we mentioned there Skamaka Maxwell Corne has, has come in as well Flynn Downs who played uh, against Bournemouth you know that there, there has been some some upheaval and some new bodies coming in and a couple leaving and I was always the start to the season was more just bad luck rather than the performances weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, we were 17th before the game last night. Mm. That's no reflection on how we've played. We've got a couple of dodgy decisions um, and we were the most unlucky I've ever seen any football team be not to win away at Nottingham Forest when we lost. So, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't quite as we, we could easily have another three or four points to what we've got. And then all of a sudden, we're floating in and around those European places, which is where we want to be anyway. So it's not terrible. Moise has been betting some players in, and I think we'll only get better as the season goes on. But what, what do you reckon in star wise? How are you, how are you expecting? Um, I reckon we're going to try start well. I feel like for our last couple of games, we started well at Stanford Bridge, we started well at Old Trafford against Tottenham. I feel like we're going to try to start well because we haven't really scored that many first half goals. The only thing is, is I'm worried about is who's playing up front because I feel like we're going to create chances. I feel like we're going to create a lot of chances, especially with Old Trafford as well on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I feel like it's going to be rocking. But it's all about can we can we finish the chances we create? Because right now I feel like we're a bit of Brighton. We're a bit of XG merchants. and <laughs> So we need, we need to finish the chances we create because, again, we only beat Spurs 2-0, but for really good Hugo to re-saves and if Rashford could actually finish, that could have been a thrashing. Yeah. Chelsea as well, at the start, in the first 35 minutes, it got that bad that he had to make a change. And so, right now, that is, if we keep playing like that, and I feel like we will, 
I want to, and no disrespect to West Ham, I feel like Tottenham and Chelsea are better opposition than you guys to an extent. Mm. So I feel like we can try and implement our game against you. It, it's just a matter of finishing because if we go into nil now at half time, then West Ham might be thinking, okay, we can get something out of this, we can get a draw out of this, we can get a point. So I'm really looking for that first half goal because I don't think we've scored that many first half goals this season. Now, as you've seen before with West Ham, you know, we do like, especially Moisey away from home at the Big Six. He's got a terrible record away at the Big Six, but um, he does like to sort of sit back and contain and frustrate and that sort of thing. So it's not going to be this majorly open encounter. West Ham will look to hit you on the break with be it Saeed Benrahma, Jared Bowen on the wings and then Skamaka up front, who's so much better at holding the ball up than, than Mikel Antonio is. Uh, so we do look a bit more of a dangerous prospect. We we gave Liverpool, we were unlucky not to get anything at Anfield a couple of weeks ago. And so I don't go into the game sort of fearing an absolute dicking, uh, as I have done in previous years. But look, Tony, it's, it's been great having you on. Before we let you go, mate, uh, just let us know what you think the score is going to be. Old Trafford on Sunday, Manchester United v West Ham in the Premier League. Um, I'm going to go with a 3-1 United win. I, I do want a clean sheet because... We don't really, we, we don't really get clean sheets that often. And Varane's out, so I'm not sure he's going to play next to Martinez. So I'm going to give you guys one goal. But I feel like with Old Trafford now and the way we've been playing, goals are going to start coming in. And we yeah. played a lot of decent opposition. We haven't been scoring much, so I'm not saying you guys are decent. You guys are up there with the decent ones. But I'm saying we, we, we played all the. I think we played all the like top six now. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm ready to like start scoring goals because we 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 have a zero a plus. <laughs> Like, we have an even goal difference. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's not good. So we need to start scoring. So hopefully, if Ronaldo or Martial is back, one of them would start putting the chances um, we create away. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, United's sixth in the league at the moment. West Ham will move to within three points of United with a win. So not quite so terrible after all. Whether that's going to happen or not, I'm not sure. Uh, Tony, you're off to Qatar, I believe, in a, in a couple of weeks. Yes, yes I am. Yeah, less than less than two weeks now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm out there, so I go um, next Sunday, and then I'm back the, the day after the final. Happy days, mate. Happy days. Yeah. Well, listen, look, Tony uh, Fokey there from Talk Sport. Uh, you can hear him on uh, Max's show on the weekend, the warm up. Am I right? Where else can uh, I know? You're sort of behind the scenes and on there, do a bit of everything. Uh, yeah, where else can people hear you. Um, where else? Yeah, uh, they could also help me on a Sunday. Like, if you're awake at 6.20 on a Sunday, we're going to do a little EFL preview. Yeah. If, you're, if you're awake at that time, you want to listen to me talk about the EFL. Tony, the, the the people don't even get up for uh, to listen to me when I'm doing the paper review. Wishful <laughs> <laughs> thinking, my, my friend. Listen, Tony, it's been brilliant having you on. Have a good time in Qatar. We hope you don't enjoy the game on Sunday too much, but we appreciate you giving us your time. Tony Afoki from Talk Sport there with the Manchester United opposition view ahead of that game at Old Trafford on Sunday. Stay with us because you'll have some final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. James, there you go. That was it. Um, two games to look back on. Two games to look ahead to. Uh, I think a, a positive week. Three points. Uh, you know, the Liverpool game was annoying, but we said, didn't we? Four points would be a dream. Uh, three points is what we need. We're in the top half. Uh, the table's not looking as bad. I feel like we've finally started getting some of the points we deserve. People... Uh, stop catastrophizing so much which is good um so all in all i think positive good to get a win although it wasn't pretty um looking ahead then james silkeborg um conference league thursday night uh at home at london stadium are you going are you confident how are you feeling what's the score going to be yeah i'm going uh i'm confident uh it'd be nice to get the get the group wrapped up with just a point so but i think we'll win um, I think we'll win 3-0. 3-0? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so it'll be yeah, group wrapped up with a draw, won't it? So go for as group winners, then we get a bye through that first knockout stage of 32, straight into the last 16. Um, and then, yeah, you're, you're talking, hopefully, quarterfinals, semifinal territory again, as we did last season, which would be spectacular. Um, and I don't know if it's you would consider it 
I think it's fair to say, Jonesy, that the uh, game next up is probably the biggest game of the week. Sunday afternoon, quarter past four, kickoff at Old Trafford at Manchester United. Is it going to be one of those? I always give us more hope going to Old Trafford for some reason than I do to Anfield. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they're picking up a bit, United, to be fair to them. Um, but yeah, I got a decent point, rescued a point at Chelsea, didn't I? Uh, mm. what, are your, what are your thoughts looking ahead to that one? Um, and well, the score. We, we won there last year, didn't we? I think we, that was in the cup and we were unlucky yep. not to get a point in the league. It was a last minute winner, wasn't it? I think. Just for a change, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm more confident going to Old Trafford than Anfield. I reckon we can take a point away from there. I yeah, think we're, good, we're good for it. I think we're good enough for it. Um, so I'll go one all, one all at Old Trafford. Okay, I'm going to go uh, a two nil against Silkeborg. I think a few of the um, lesser players will play, but fancy a two nil against Silkeborg, and then I'm going to go two all at Old Trafford. I don't know why; it's not really based on anything. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to think we could get a point. Uh, it's always a, an appealing fixture, isn't it? One of my favourite grounds to go to. Um, so yeah, Old Trafford on Sunday. All in all, James, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a bit of a bit of traditional old school we are West Ham jousting between yeah, the two good. of us. It's very confrontational at times, which I yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah see, exactly. See your yeah. face you, every, with every every single word I said, you were getting more and more red in the face. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I kept saying more words to make you go even more redder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love you to bits, mate. But um, yeah, it's just I've just just. Yeah, just proper rattled by the things in the last two games. And the fact that you happen to be completely opposed, uh, in your opinion, to the things I was rattled about trying to tell me they were good. Didn't handle that very well at all. Look, enjoyed it, mate. I uh, hope you all enjoyed listening. West Ham up to 10th in the league. Only need a point in a home European game on Thursday night to secure our qualification in the last 16 of the Europa Conference League European competition uh, as group winners. If we do that, things aren't so bad after all. Turns out that me and Jonesy on the We Are West Ham podcast might have been right a couple of weeks ago when the doom and gloom merchants were out asking for David Moyes to be sacked. West Ham are today, were yesterday and will always be massive. Thanks for listening, everyone. Up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.